from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. Shalom from here in Israel and welcome to episode five. How exciting. We have a great episode ahead. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the importance of recognizing the blessings in our lives and giving thanks to God, even and especially during hard times. Jewish tradition teaches that having an attitude of gratitude is essential in our service of God and also that it is a critical component for living a joyful life, something we all want. Now, I know firsthand that when we are going through difficult times, it's not always easy to be grateful, but I've also learned that it is always possible. In this episode, I'm going to share some of the ancient Jewish traditions and practices that help me maintain a grateful heart no matter what is happening in my life. So if you are ready to learn how to feel blessed and grateful, no matter what, let's begin. As we do every week, today we'll focus on verses from the Bible that come from this week's Torah portion, the Parsha. It's the same portion that will be studied in Jewish communities around the world this week. And if you're just joining us for the first time, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode one to learn about what this Jewish Bible reading plan is and how you can be part of it. But for now, let's just jump in. This week, we begin with the book of Leviticus, the third of the five books of Moses. The Parsha is called Vayikra, which means, in Hebrew, called, and it covers chapters one to five. Once again, get it up in front of you, and I encourage you to read it. The Bible verses that we're going to focus on today are from Leviticus chapter two, verses four to seven, and this is what it says. If you bring a grain offering baked in an oven, it is to consist of the finest flour, either thick loaves made without yeast and with olive oil mixed in, or thin loaves made without yeast and brushed with olive oil. If your grain offering is prepared on a griddle, it is to be made of the finest flour mixed with oil and without yeast. Crumble it and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. If your grain offering is cooked in a pan, it is to be made of the finest flour and some olive oil. Okay, this is the Bible verse we're going to focus on. And like so many uh, Bible verses, you could read it at first and say, what is the relevance to my life today? But like all Bible verses, it is so relevant to us today and to our lives. So let's start by giving this Bible verse a little bit of context. This week's reading discusses the various animal and meal offerings that were brought in the tabernacle and later on in history in the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. In Hebrew, the word for sacrifice or an offering is called a karban. It comes from the Hebrew word of karov, which means 
close. And so very often from the original Hebrew, what we call in Hebrew, Lashon HaKodesh, the holy language. It's holy because this is the language that God himself wrote the Torah in and that uh, God himself gave to the people. And so we can learn so much from this original language. So when we hear that the same word for offering or sacrifice is the same Hebrew word, the same root that means to come close, it tells us something. The purpose of the offerings was to bring people close to God. So even though we don't bring karbanot today, the offerings, the sacrifices today, because we no longer have the tabernacle and we no longer have the temple standing in Jerusalem, the Jewish sages taught that these Bible verses, which deal with karbanot, hold an eternal message for how we can come close to God in our own lives. In this verse that we're talking about, the three different kinds of offerings, it can seem like it's just something technical. But the truth is that these three different type of meal offerings, one that was baked in an oven, one that was prepared on a griddle, and one that was cooked in a pan, each one of these different types of offerings represent three categories of blessings. The offering baked in the oven represents our daily bread or the basic necessities for living. The offering prepared on a griddle is associated with a sweet cake and represents sweet luxuries in our lives. Those things that we don't really need, but that bring us extra comfort and joy. And the third offering, the offering made in a pan, refers to dishes cooked for special occasions. And it represents the momentous occasions that occur throughout our lifetime. Milestones like getting married, having a baby, finishing college, getting a new job. All of these once or twice in a lifetime occasions. And by mentioning these three types of offerings in the scriptures, as we just read from Leviticus chapter 2, verses 4 to 7, these scriptures teach us that we have to cultivate our gratitude to God in all three areas of our lives that we just described. We need to recognize our most basic blessings this is the offering baked in the oven, our daily bread, the things that most people take for granted. Everything from the air we breathe to the food that we eat to our ability to open our eyes and see. The second, the griddle or the sweet cake represents how we also need to realize how much God has given us beyond the essentials. Do you have a car, a computer, heat in your home? something beautiful that serves no other purpose other than to make you happy. These are the extras that it's talking about. And we need to open our eyes and to thank God for these extras. And the third offering, which is made in a pan, shows us that we need to acknowledge the once-in-a-lifetime blessings we have received. Not just once when they happen, but throughout our lives. Have you been married well, do you thank God every single day for that spouse? Do you have children? Do you thank God every day for those children like the day that they were born? Or maybe grandchildren? 
Did God ever bless you with a once in a lifetime vacation or an amazing experience or friend that changed your life? Well, how often have you gone back to that and said, wow, God, thank you so much for that once in a lifetime experience? What these three different kinds of offerings are reminding us is that first we need to acknowledge all the unique ways that God blesses us and then to thank him for all of the gifts in our lives. We have to compartmentalize what type of blessing this is and then to use our words and recognition of thanks in that specific way to make sure that we don't take anything for granted. The first important lesson that we need to take from this verse is that thanking God is part of our service to God, just as bringing the sacrifice was service to God in ancient times. Just as they didn't wake up back then and say, hmm, do I feel like giving a sacrifice today or not? No, it was something that they did because it was their service. So too, we need to give thanks as our service. It's not just something we do when we feel like it or when things are going well for us. Even in hard times, we are obligated to find something that we can thank God for, at the very least for our lives, for the gift of another day. The first thing that I do when I wake up, actually, is to say a prayer, a morning prayer called Mode Ani, which is called Grateful Am I. The first thing I do when I open my eyes is to say these words before I say good morning to my husband, before I say good morning to my children. I open my eyes and I say, Mode Ani. It's one of the first prayers that my parents taught me, and it's one of the first prayers that I taught my own children. Because when they come to wake me up in the morning, I lead by example. I say these words out loud. I open my eyes and I say the words to the prayer, which is, I am thankful before you, living King, for mercifully returning my soul to me for another day. Great is your faithfulness. This is something that sets the tone for my entire day. When the first thing I do when I open my eyes is say, grateful am I, and I'm talking to God, suddenly I realize that every second is a gift. I look at my children and instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm so tired, why couldn't they have slept longer? I say, wow, what a gift. It sets the tone. And you know, in Hebrew, the words really should be, I am grateful to you, God. But no, 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 the prayer says, grateful am I. Because the first word that comes out of our mouth shouldn't be me, I am grateful. No, no. The first word should be grateful am I. When we open our eyes every morning, if our first thought is, it's too early, I'm so tired, that's going to set our day. Yet if our first thought and our first words are, wow, I am so grateful for you, living king, for returning my soul to me for another day. That's what our day is going to represent. And I think that it's only right to give these words, our prayers to God, first thing in the morning. If someone saved your life, would you not be overflowing with gratitude towards them? How much more so we must thank God who gives us life and gives us life with every breath we take. 
The more we recognize our blessings and God as the source of our blessings, not only the happier we'll be, but the closer that we will feel to God. The other message embedded in this Bible verse that we're going over today and explained by the Jewish sages is that in order to properly express our thankfulness to God, it isn't enough to offer a broad, oh, thank you. (laughs) True gratitude requires us to pause and to think and to recognize the breadth and depth of all of our blessings. How often do we have something happen in our life that we just turn up our head to God and say, oh, thanks, God, and then we move on? Or maybe even in life with our family members, how often do we come home and say, oh, thank you so much for making dinner, and then we just move on and we eat it? How different would our relationships look if we really stopped to see what that other person did for us, to come in, and instead of just saying, thanks for making dinner, or thanks for folding the laundry, or thanks for going shopping for me. We really thought about all the time and energy that they put into it. Would our thank you look a little different if we stopped and really put intention into it? The challenge that we face today is that we have far more than ever before, and yet people feel more lacking than ever. Feelings of entitlement have replaced feelings of gratitude. Somehow when we don't expect something, we feel more thankful for it. The second we expect it, it's kind of hard to feel real deep gratitude. Our society focuses on what we lack instead of concentrating on our many blessings. And in order to have an attitude of gratitude, We need to shift our perspective. A really powerful time that I saw this was when I was at a presentation by a man named Tal Ben-Shachar. He's a well-known Israeli professor of positive psychology. And he told everyone in the audience to look at a picture that he was about to put on the screen and to count the amount of shapes that we see. We would be looking at the picture for 90 seconds. And he said, ready? gets it, go. He put a picture on the screen of a bus with children and there was a little tree next to it. There was a sunshine. There was a street. And all of us spent those 90 seconds counting as many shapes as we could. Now, after 90 seconds, he said, okay, look at the picture. Remember it? Remember the shapes? And then he closed the picture. Now, What was amazing is that instead of saying, how many shapes did you see, as we were all expecting, he said, how many kids were on the bus? And suddenly, all of these people who were in the audience, adults, who were looking at a simple picture for 90 seconds, couldn't say how many kids were on the bus. And what he said, and what he taught us from that exercise is that we only see what we are looking for. And sometimes what we're looking for is what somebody else tells us to look for, like the shapes on the picture that Professor Ben Shachar told us to look for. But other times it's what society tells us to look for or what we've been trained to look for. And too often, instead of looking for the positive, we're looking at the negative at what's lacking. What do I still need to buy? What furniture am I missing? 
Why is the food in my house not enough that I just want to go out to eat, to buy something from a restaurant? I need new clothes. I need new shoes. We're so focused on what we're lacking. And what's sad is that our happiness is directly connected to gratitude. And our sense of gratitude is directly related to what we choose to focus on. The decision that we make to either focus on what we have or what we're lacking is ours. But first, we have to be conscious of it. The Hebrew word for gratitude is hakarat hatov, literally translating into recognizing the good. This term implies that we are not required to deny or sugarcoat the bad stuff in life. We don't pretend like it's not there. But at the same time, we have to actively look for the good, to focus on what is good and acknowledge the good by stopping, recognizing, and thanking God for it. It's all about perspective. I face this every year when I go to Ukraine. You know, in Israel, life can definitely be hard. The cost of food is significantly higher than in America. The cost of living is hundreds of percents more. You can't get everything in Israel that I am used to having growing up in America. We don't have Costco. We don't have Starbucks. We don't have Target. And of course, there's the constant threat of terrorism. There's also government uncertainty. We're having the fourth election in two years on March 23rd. There's so much to complain about, so many hardships. But when I go to Ukraine, I see what it really means to live in a difficult country. I visit homes of elderly with no running water. And suddenly, something I never appreciated before, the fact that I have running water in my house is the biggest blessing. These elderly live with a well in their backyard that often freezes over in the winter. They have no one to help them. Ah, wow. Well, in Israel, I have neighbors who are always there to help me. How often do I thank God for that? In Ukraine, I go to see Babi Yar, where 30,000 Jews were mercilessly slaughtered during the Holocaust with no one to save them. And then I look at my life in Israel with a Jewish army who does everything to protect me and my children. Suddenly, I realize seeing someone who is so unfortunate, who is so suffering, I realized how blessed I really am. It restores my perspective so that I can see the good and be thankful for it. In order to stay focused on the good in our lives and to maintain a grateful heart, we need practices and reminders built into our daily lives. Judaism is rich in those practices of giving us the time and space and the words even to express our thankfulness to God for some of the most basic things that we otherwise would take for granted. My parents taught these blessings to me. I'm passing them on to my children, and I want to share them with you. These are the practices and the blessings which keep me in a constant state of gratitude. As I already mentioned, Jews have a practice to thank God for another day of life as soon as we open our eyes. We say the Ani prayer, but you can say anything that speaks to your heart. As soon as you open your eyes, the first thing that you think or say, let it be a praise. Let it be something that you're grateful for. 
Another thing that we do is in our daily morning prayers, we include thanking God for things that we might otherwise overlook or take as a given. Things like essentials, the ability to see, the ability to walk, the clothing we wear. These are all organized blessings that we say every single morning. Taking time to focus on at least some of the many basics that maybe you take for granted can help shape your attitude for the entire day. As you're getting dressed, just take a second to close your eyes and thank God for those clothing. As you are listening to your child or grandparent or parent or friend talk to you the first thing in the morning, take a second just to be so grateful that you could hear that you're surrounded by people who are interested in speaking to you. None of these things are given. And throughout the day, for every different thing that we do, Jews have a tradition to say no less than a hundred blessings a day. Yeah, we have blessings for just about everything. And the reason why is that it keeps us mindful of the blessings from God that we otherwise might not notice or appreciate. You know, before we put anything into our mouth, any kind of food, we say a blessing. And that blessing connects us to where the food comes from. If we're eating a vegetable, we thank God for the vegetable from the earth. If we're eating a fruit, we thank God for that fruit from the tree. If we're eating bread, we thank God for the grains of the earth. We go back to the source, to the root, and realize that starting from a little seed until it got onto our plate, until it gets into our mouth, what a journey it's gone through. And every step of the way, God let that happen. We say a blessing after going to the bathroom. We thank God for a functioning body because that too is no way a given. When we hear thunder, lightning, when we see a rainbow, when we smell beautiful smells, when we see the ocean, There is a blessing for every single one of those things. We even say a blessing every time we put on new clothing, every time we eat a new fruit, or we celebrate a new achievement. We say, Thank you, Lord, for sustaining me and bringing me to this moment. Sometimes, my friends, we also just need a full day to stop and reflect, to be grateful for everything we have. And the Bible has even integrated that into the routine. For that, God has given us the Sabbath, the Shabbat. It's one day a week where Jews forever, including what Jesus did, stop for one day on the seventh day of creation, just as God stopped to see what he created and saw that it was good. Well, we too stop running after everything we want. We stop creating. We stop buying for one day. And we take the day to appreciate everything we already have. We pause to appreciate our blessings for an entire day. And that reminds us that even in hard times, there is always a lot to be grateful for. Family, community, and time with God. In conclusion, Abraham Joshua Heschel, a renowned American rabbi, once said, 
it is gratefulness that makes the soul great. We have so much to gain from making gratitude a central part of our lives. We need to be like King David, my friends, who said in Psalms 136, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. There is always a lot to be grateful for. If we just choose to have hakarat hatov, to recognize the good in our lives and thank God for it, no matter how small it is, we are living with the times. This Bible verse is reminding us that we have to stop and give praise for the little things along with the big things in life, for things that have happened in the past maybe even for things that will happen in the future. This message is meant for your life this week. This is the week of giving praises. So try giving thanks for blessings in each of the three categories that we learned about in connection to today's Bible verse. For your basic necessities, for your luxuries, and for the most special moments and milestones that you've experienced in your life. I hope that you will apply some of the ideas that we studied together and that it uplifts your week and transforms the rest of your life. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at Yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at Yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.